Howdy, hi-ho, neighbor. It's Steve Durr. Glad to be with you today. We're going to look at John chapter 7, 37 through 44. I started to do a little John Wayne impersonation there, Pilgrim. Anyway, let's just, uh, let's remember where we're at, okay? Jesus is in Jerusalem, and he went to the temple. And he's there because it's the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Feast of Tabernacles was one of three very important festivals for the Jewish people. It was an eight-day celebration in which Jews from all over the world would travel to Jerusalem, and people would construct little shelters, little tabernacles or tents to remember how their ancestors used to live, how their ancestors lived in the wilderness, kind of that nomadic lifestyle, and how they, and they would recall during this festival how God provided for them, how God was faithful, how God protected them. It was a joyous celebration together. Now, it's the eighth day of the celebration. Uh, and in the midst of the celebration, in the midst of the crowds in the temple, Jesus, uh, who had been seated uh, in sharing, in the midst of all this, gets everyone's attention and stands up. So let's see what happens in verse 37. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Now, when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered his glory. When the crowds heard him say this, some declared, Surely, this man is the prophet we've been expecting. Others said, he is the Messiah. Still others said, but he can't be. Will the Messiah come from Galilee? For the scriptures clearly state that the Messiah will be born of the royal line of David in Bethlehem, the village where King David was born. So the crowd was divided about him, and some even wanted him arrested, but no one laid a hand on him. Now, it's the final day of the festival. It's the moment that the whole celebration has been building toward. And Jesus stands up, stands out, raises his voice to the masses and invites people to come to him to receive living water. And when he's talking about living water, the text tells us he's speaking about the Holy Spirit. He's inviting people to receive to embrace the Holy Spirit by trusting in him. Now, I think it's important to remember that before Jesus arrived on the scene, God the Holy Spirit would empower people from time to time for a brief moment or a small period of time. For example, there was a prophet uh, named Balaam, and Balaam uh, had the Spirit of God come upon him, and he spoke God's words. It was a temporary moment of empowerment. On another occasion, King Saul, the first king of Israel, experienced the presence of the Spirit of God powerfully upon his life, and he prophesied. He spoke God's words. A little later, we see that Saul's men experienced the same thing. So before Jesus, the Holy Spirit was temporarily present and empowering people. And with Jesus, it was different. Earlier in the book of John, as we've already read, we heard John the Baptist talk about this. 
He proclaimed that the Messiah, the promised one, the anointed one, would be the one whom the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, would come and remain upon. And then John promised that the one who the Holy Spirit rested on, the the one that the Holy Spirit remained upon, would be the one who would immerse and baptize and fill people with the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus was the one on whom the Holy Spirit anointed, rested, filled, empowered, and remained. And we see this in Acts chapter 10, starting in verse 38. It says this, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. Here's the thing. The same Holy Spirit that temporarily empowered people throughout the Jewish scriptures, the Old Testament of the Bible, remained upon Jesus and empowered him to do everything he did. Sometimes we read the stories of Jesus and we think he knew the things he knew. He did the miracles and the healings that he did because he is the divine word. He is the son of God. He is God the son, God in flesh. Of course he can do this stuff. Of course he can resist temptation. Of course he can do the miracles. But scripture clearly tells us that although Jesus was fully divine, he was fully human. And he set aside his divine privileges and advantages and rights. And he lived his life empowered by the Holy Spirit. He healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. He taught with authority thanks to the power of the Spirit. He heard his father's voice. He saw his father's works through the insights and presence and leadings of the Holy Spirit. Jesus lived his life empowered by the Spirit. Now, Jesus is making an incredible promise in the passage we read today. He was offering the same Holy Spirit, the very person, presence, and power of God to those thirsting to experience God on that day in the temple. That moment would not come until after Jesus' death, resurrection, and then ascension to his Father God. And just as Jesus promised, the Holy Spirit came, filled, and remained with Jesus' followers, as the Spirit did with Jesus. And so Jesus' followers, like Jesus, were now empowered to pursue God's promises. And so they were able to start doing the things Jesus did. Now, I imagine that there were people in the temple that day who were primarily focused on praying for a good rainy season for their crops that year. That would have been one of the focuses during that whole festival. They were there to remember God's faithfulness in the past, to retell the story of his provision, uh, and to ask God to provide for the season to come. But Jesus here offers even more. He offers living water, the presence and power of God in and through our lives. And when you and I become a follower of Jesus and we pledge allegiance to King Jesus and we trust in him, the promise is that the Spirit of God will come to reside within you and within me. You 
become a temple of the God of the universe. And so the question is, will we be open? Will we be open to the Spirit of God to change us, to lead us, to challenge us, to empower us, and to speak to us? Now, this sounds great, but although we may like this truth, we may resist this experience. Theologian and author Scott McKnight wrote about this resistance we can have with the Spirit of God. He writes, A sticking point when it comes to our understanding of the Holy Spirit is that humans are not open to the invasive, transcending, and transforming presence of the Holy Spirit. There are, of course, reasons why we are not open. Two that come immediately to mind are, number one, we don't want transcending power. (laughs) And number two, we don't want the transforming presence of God because we'd rather stay the way we are. In other words, sometimes we resist the Holy Spirit working to bring change in us and through us because we're uncomfortable um, with that. And we just want to be comfortable to be us. Yet the Christian life is a life that experiences a relationship with the Holy Spirit that is open to the Spirit's work in our life and through our life to become a temple of God's presence and power and to be receptive and open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us and through us. And I love this idea. (laughs) Until the Spirit of God challenges me, convicts me, or calls me out of my comfort. And I love this idea in theory, but not always in practice. Because I love my comfort, I love my peace, and I love my control. And maybe you can relate. And yet Jesus promised the greatest gift to us, living water, the Holy Spirit, the presence and power of God to live in us. And so today, let's make a choice together. Let's make a choice together to be open to the Holy Spirit. Today, here's a practical thing that I'm going to try and you can join me. Do something to remind yourself that the Spirit of God lives in you. It may be to jot a little note and put it up somewhere where you're going to see it, maybe in your car, maybe on a mirror, maybe in your office, maybe in uh, a book that you're reading, but just a note that says, the Spirit lives in me. Maybe you could set a reminder on your phone. This is something that I like to do, and, and I have it go off ever, every so often. So maybe every two hours, you have a little alarm or a little notification that pops up, uh, and, and maybe it just says, God's Spirit lives in me, just as a reminder in that moment. It may be a, you wear a bracelet or something. Sometimes I know people wear little rubber bands uh, for something I don't know why, but maybe, uh, but for whatever reason, you put a little rubber band or something around your wrist, and every time you look at it, you're reminded, what is this? And you're reminded of that reality that the Spirit of God lives in you. You could change the wallpaper on your phone or your computer to an image that reminds you of this reality that the Spirit of God resides, lives within, empowers, transforms you. But the point here is, Seek to recall the Spirit's presence in your life. And then, 
I think this is what's going to happen. We're going to start paying attention to what the Holy Spirit may be saying to us or showing us. Because being a disciple of Jesus is learning to hear what God is saying and seeking to do what he says. And so what is your next step coming out of this? Will you take that challenge with me even today? To say, Holy Spirit, remind me that you live in me, that I might pay attention to you and follow your lead. Let's pray together. Spirit of God, thank you. Thank you for living in little old us, <laughs> the God of the universe. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The same spirit that has been transforming lives all over this planet for thousands of years. You call us home. Thank you. God, would you fill us afresh today? Would you remind us, Holy Spirit, of your empowering and encouraging presence in our lives? And then would you speak to us? In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful day.